Hi, dude. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Quick Fix Podcast. I'm Forrest Hammond II, and here you'll get proven information to increase success and improve in every area, including finance, leadership, and relationships. Better information equals better thinking, and that guarantees better results. You just have to change what's going into your brain. Now it's time to get your quick fix. This is the Quick Fix Podcast. Quick Fix! So you should know that all the best ideas come from in the shower, from showering, if you're singing, if you're just thinking, pondering, meditating. I mean, that's where a lot of my ideas come from and, you know, thoughts about what I'm going to share in a podcast or, you know, a, a different sales tactic at work or, you know, something that I should do kind for my wife, which is always a good thing to remember. But I mean, to, to illustrate this, you look at Einstein, the theory of relativity. Yeah. From when he was taking a shower. Gravity, Sir Isaac Newton. He was showering. He dropped the shower brush. Gravity, boom. Abe Lincoln and the Gettysburg Address penned in the study. But first, Lincoln took a shower. So, if you're looking for good ideas, get clean and ponder. It's, I don't know, it's good therapy for me. I don't, I just feel like I'm in there. I'm just to myself. And really, maybe it's the therapeutic um, falling of the water on my bald head that channels the electrical energy and impulses already in my body from your heart. And it sends it up to my mind and flows because water is a conductor. So there you have it. There's the scientific reason I am able to think better in the shower. Pretty amazing. So I guess you have to shave your head first. You know, if you're all about it, I am too. But I've had something stuck in my craw, as it were. And when I say that, I had to go find out what the heck does that mean to have something stuck in your craw? Because you very well can't have something happen unless you know how to define it, right? So I thought this was interesting. Stick in one's craw. It's to be so offensive or disagreeable that one cannot swallow it. This expression is the modern version of stick in one's gizzard, gullet, or crop, referring to portions of an animal's digestive system. So you're welcome. Something that you never needed to know or wanted to, but now you do. But first, the introduction through a quote, and this is um, first from George W. Romney, who was a governor in 1907. There is no virtue in what we call consistency, as it is usually understood. Flexibility, the willingness to change with the changing conditions, is essential in this dynamic and progressive world. So I think flexibility is important, but the part I wanted to focus on was change. And that's not the word that I wanted to utilize, but rather transitions. And talking about the transitions of life, because there are a lot of them, there are a lot of transitions that we have, and I thought of some examples of transitions. So you can think of graduation or birth, um, you know, birth of a baby, being fired, being hired, which is, you know, the favorable of the two, but fired can be okay too. (laughs) Um, Starting a business, marriage, uh, losing weight, getting healthier, 
working out, all of that kind of thing. Uh, so, so those are examples of transitions. And life is full of transitions. It's It can be from minute to minute. It could be, you know, those big events in our life. And if you didn't know this, I am a care transition coordinator or a clinical transition coordinator. So specifically, my current role at work is to transition patients from a facility of one type or another to home. And this can be a huge and important transition for the elderly. Oftentimes, it can be very scary. It's um, daunting. They don't know what to expect. They're coming a lot of times from a level of independence beforehand where they didn't have to worry about cooking their own food or being able to dress themselves. And then coming back from a surgery or some type of um, sickness, illness, um, injury, whatever, what have you, and losing some of that independence and fighting to gain it back. And so that transition can be very scary. So I'm, I'm kind of like the tour guide to help them get from that facility to home safely and effectively, and then to begin working through that transition to full activity. So I have a lot of experience in transitions. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting because you look at um, certain transitions like getting fired. And it, like I said, that's not really a favorable one most of the time. But if you look a lot of, a lot a lot of people like myself, that was kind of a catalyst for great things. Um, one of my favorite podcasters and people who just has really helped the podcasting community, done a lot of great work in a lot of business areas, his name is Pat Flynn. And if you haven't listened to anything he's done, look him up, Pat Flynn, F L Y W N. He's awesome and helped me, you know, jump off for free in podcasting just through his YouTube channel. But his transition of being fired was something that helped catapult him into blogging first, and then he moved into podcasting. So it's pretty amazing to see different transitions. So I thought of a lot of different people that had a transition of one kind or another. And I wanted to go through some of them because I think it helps to have examples of people who have gone before us in order to number one, see it's possible. It's possible to make it through an ordeal transition and come back stronger and oftentimes more successful, but it depends on a few things, which we'll talk about later. First, Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas city star in 1919 because his editor said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Can you imagine what kind of world it would be for us or our children? Uh, Oftentimes it's the parents, I think, that enjoy Disneyland and world more. But, uh, you know, what would it be like without Walt Disney? Number two, Thomas Edison. He worked at Western Union where he used to secretly conduct experiments. One night, he spilled some acid. It ate through the entire floor. He was fired and subsequently decided to just pursue inventing full-time. So a different kind of transition, but also fired. So I guess I'm in good company. Albert Einstein. He didn't speak until he was four years old, 
which even by today's standards, oh my goodness, they're behind. Wow, we need to help this kid out. There's He's got issues. Uh, speak until he was four, didn't read until he was seven. He was expelled from school and not admitted to Zurich Polytechnic School. And, you know, he made it eventually. <laughs> But some people doubted along the way, and he had to work through those transitions. A couple more, just because I think these are fun. Um, after, a, at a, after a performance at Nashville's Grand Old Opry, Elvis was told by the concert hall manager that he was better off returning to Memphis and driving trucks, which I guess was his former occupation. Wow. Okay, I, I just, you know, these people that tell people this, I just can't believe the gall, but, you know, we're really lucky to have people like that that can spur us on. I, you know, my wife and I enjoy um, certain TV shows, comedy mostly, to liven things up. There's a, a comedy that's older called The Office where there's a manager named Michael Scott who is kind of a bumbling, uh, silly manager. You know, it's comedy, but in one of the... Um, episodes, he's starting his own paper company, spoiler alert. And in there, um, nobody believes in him. Everybody turns him down for business and he's really struggling. And one of the characters asks him like how he can keep going because he has no clue what he's doing. And he says, that's when he's at his best. That is when he performs is when no one believes in him. And I think that comes from you know, if we were to take that in real life, you see athletes or some of these people I've read through who just don't have anyone that believes in them, but they believe in them. I think that's very important. Rudyard Kipling. He was fired as his role as contributor to the San Francisco Examiner in 1889 because he was told by an editor, I'm sorry, Mr. Kipling, but you just don't know how to use the English language. It's amazing. And this last one, I thought this was fun because I don't know him very well. Henry Hudson, in 1611, he was fired from his role as commander of the Discovery while exploring the New World because he was suspected of favoritism and food hoarding. Apparently, the crew members rebelled, setting him, his son, and others off in a skiff in what is now the Hudson Bay. It's rather unbelievable, but transitions nonetheless. So amidst these transitions... We have to find ways to um, have control because, I mean, really, we, we need control, I think, inherently as people. We always look for what we can't control in things. Uh, sometimes, I think, anxiety and worry come from things that we can't control and we obsessively think about. And so I think it's important to remember, first, you can't control everything, but to focus on the things you can control and with these transitions, if you think about the ones you've had in your life, go ahead and take a second. With those transitions, what can you control? Really, in most of them, the overwhelming factor, this, probably the single most important factor, and I, I think it is the single most important factor because I've talked about it before and I'm very passionate about it because I think it can fix a lot of things in our life. That thing that you can control is you and your attitude. Remember, it's not the things that happen to you, but how you react to them that makes the difference. 
So if we're looking at these different transitions, so hired, fired, graduation, birth, starting business, death, marriage, um, you know, wage gains or losses, whatever, getting healthy, whatever you're going through, whatever transitions have happened. And if you're still ruminating about it, which I've talked about some of the transitions of my life and how even now, I mean, it's been years where I am overcoming a lot of the thinking, the stinking thinking that I had let marinate inside myself and become a festering pot. You have to decide right now that is it, I mean, is it really that important that in your mind, whoever wronged you or whatever went wrong or whatever stopped you, killed your business, etc. Is it really that important to affect the rest of your life? Or instead, like these folks that I just read about, that they took it and used it as jet fuel to propel them to success, to propel them to reach their dreams, even if someone else thought it can never happen for you. Because I'm here to tell you, it can happen for you. And it will if you decide If you change your attitude, change your thinking, change you, and decide that it will not be the stopping point for you, but rather it will be the propulsion that will take you to your wildest dreams and to what you want out of life. So I think it's important to have kind of a guide to be prepared for these transitions because they're going to come. It's just reality of the situation. So the best ways to navigate those transitions to ensure success. Now think of those words and measure them carefully. Ensure success. So I think first and foremost, this is not one of the steps that I thought that I should put in here, but first and foremost, just remember it's always you and your attitude because these, these three steps will not work if you just have a bad attitude about this transition and say, you know, this has just ruined my life forever and, you know, nothing ever changed because of it. I know high school is a hard thing for a lot of people. It was a tough time for me in a lot of aspects, but also really great in a lot of aspects. And if you focus on that, if you're stuck in high school or stuck in past mistakes or whatever, you can't live in the future and succeed in the future. So attitude first. But here's the first, here's the actual three, rather, that will help you ensure success. Number one, know your why and what you want. So if you're, even like if you have a negative transition happen of some kind, especially in those, I think if you know your why and what you want from that transition, that's going to be pivotal. And it goes back to attitude, but a transition is not going to change your why, your reason for doing things. So my reason for doing things is to influence others to realize their potential so they can live the life they've always wanted. So if I get fired from a job, does that change me influencing people? Not at all. I just find a different avenue for doing that. So if your why is to teach children in, you know, some form of fashion, help them prepare for life, but you're laid off as a teacher during COVID, what are your choices? Well, you could start a business, you could start a daycare, you could start 
a academy for children where you're not held hostage by the public school system. I mean, there's so many ways to look at those transitions. And you look at these negative transitions and what happened beforehand. Well, you would not be the person that you are to take that transition and make it work positive for you without the negative transitions, without the preparatory stuff beforehand. So know your why and what you want out of the transition. So number two falls right in line with that. Make a plan. If you fail the plan, you plan to fail. That's the old adage, and it it's true to life. If, you know, like, for example, I moved my junior year of high school, we finished junior year, moved to a different state across the country, got into my school, had a good school year, but the requirements for graduation had changed somewhat. If you've ever changed schools, you know this is true. Mine changed in the negative sense that they didn't accept certain classes and I was short. And so I got to the last, you know, month or so of school and luckily I had a mom that cared about my education because I was focused on you know, things after other transitions after um, high school that I wasn't really focused on graduating, which, you know, just a small detail. And I found out, oh, man, I have to pretty much shotgun a class in the next three, four weeks and get it done. And, you know, luckily, I was able to with the massive, massive support of my mom. And um, it's amazing because you have people around you that you can rely on. And if you feel like you don't at this point, you know, you can find some people, find some people that would be supports for you in that instance and through these different transitions. It's important to have the right people around you. So making a plan is vital in this. If you know that some kind of transition is coming, you can plan for it and be amply prepared and have the why, your why at the center of it. So number three, commit to the process. You have to commit to the process of a transition. And, you know, you don't know the specifics of it, but you'll know that a transition has basic aspects to it. And sometimes it's a surprise transition like we talked about. Other times it's not a surprise, like getting married, where it's more expensive <laughs> than a surprise, but wonderful. And you're able to know the parts and pieces of it and what it will do. Um, being fired is a surprise. And hopefully nobody has to be fired in order to experience a transition. There's lots of other ones you can choose from. And you just commit to whatever process is going to happen in that. And then look for what can be a benefit to you. But you have to commit yourself to the process of you know, going through those things, making a plan amidst that, if it's a surprise one or making a plan beforehand and then enacting that plan. So it's kind of like, I think eating right, being healthy. If you're not committed to something like that, the second some Yahoo brings in donuts on day two of your commitment to eat healthier, that's, you know, if you don't have a plan, if you're not committed to it, then it's pretty easy to reach over and grab an apple fritter. I've been there very, very often, but it's just committing yourself whole self. And that's whether if you need 
like a um, a partner to help you stay committed. Um, if you need, you know, a list or, you know, a picture, something to help in that moment to remind you of your commitment, do it. Whatever it is, it'll help you make that part of your plan and your commitment. And then I think just this can be unsaid, but I think I'll say it anyways. Respect other people's transitions because, you know, people go through different things and have different transitions at different places in life and it will affect them differently. They will react differently. I can tell you today, if I had certain transitions happen, for example, I'll give you one. When I had my first child, my little girl, I did things then that I definitely think I would do differently. I would be a more doting husband. I think, um, you know, I would probably read more books about, you know, how to raise a child and psychology of a child. I mean, there's lots of things that I could look back on that and do differently because I'm a different person now. And I think, you know, I did the best with what I had. And I think that's important, especially in parenting, to remember in any of these transitions, parenting, graduation, whatever you're you're thinking about. Um, I keep going. I keep saying graduation, but hopefully um, everyone, you know, is graduating and you can graduate again. I mean, graduate to a new job or whatever. So I'm just really excited about graduating tonight, I guess. But just remembering that you do the best with what you have at the time and, you know, make the plan in order to do so, and then don't beat yourself up for previous things. So remember the words that I said was with life transitions to ensure success. And the reason I said that was because I picked things that if you're able to do, no matter what the transition is, positive or negative, and your thinking determines that because I think every negative can be a positive in some way. But in doing these three steps, they are things that will ensure success. So knowing your why and what you want out of it doesn't change whatever kind of transition it is. It won't change. And number two, making a plan. You can make a plan no matter what. And you should, especially in the the things that are more a little more negative that affect you in that way. And then also you need to commit to the process no matter what. These quick fixes oftentimes are things that are, you know, it's it's predetermined. It's going to happen um, no matter what is occurring at the time. And it will ensure success because I believe success principles are the same no matter who is talking about them, no matter what date in history that they're talking about them in, no matter what fancy book cover they have on it. Success principles are success principles. And if you do enact those principles for yourself, if you exercise them and you do things like these three steps with the right attitude, the determination to succeed and the commitment to see it through, you will be successful. I'm super excited about it because I know these things are true, that success principles don't change. And so if we can just utilize them and make them work for us, we can be ensured the success that we are looking for in our lives. And we'll change our lives and the lives of everyone around us because we will be 
then at that point successful, but then wanting to push that success outward to everyone around us, which makes you more successful and it becomes this circuit of success. So if you want to join the circuit of success, utilize this quick fix, prepare yourself for a life full of transitions and you will be on the fast track to success and remain on the circuit of success. Now go and get ready for your next transition. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Quick Fix podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and we'll talk to you next time. Quick Fix!